morning to you, Friday morning. Keith Finnegan with you until 12 midday and a very good Friday morning to you live from Studio One where it was bright up to about 15 seconds ago and it's now gone slightly dark. Uh, today we're looking at a number of issues. Uh, we'll be looking at human trafficking on today's programme. Now you may think this does not affect you, but it does. And also today we're looking at accelerator programmes for Galway and we're bidding farewell indeed to our city mayor as he hands the uh, chain to the new mayor. Will there be a twist or will it be indeed Colette Connolly? Today also we're looking and uh, speaking about restaurants and bars and how they're getting on. We're also looking at travel on today's programme. If you're over 30 or you're under 30, do not travel is the message. We look at City Tribune headlines. We're going circus training. That's going to be a bit of fun. We'll also look at the lifeboat and what they did in Clifton and they've been recognised for... We're going to tell you what to watch on TV and what not to watch on TV, by the way, as well, on today's programme. And Elaine Brown joins us. We're looking at a peer-led, uh, a peer-led centre in the west of Ireland, indeed. And uh, loads more as we go to here today. Just, you know what, don't, just don't go anywhere else. Stay with us. And uh, we have a giveaway. It's uh, Father's Day this weekend, so we have a giveaway there. And lots of other bits and pieces on today's programme. So, stay with us right through until then. But today is the last day and the German the chance to win a 200 euro voucher with the um, team, the wonderful team indeed, uh, from Needle and Buy Me. And again, how you spell that app, you need to download it onto your phone, which I've done, uh, but I can't win the 200 euro. Uh, but it's B-U-Y-M-I-E. So if you download that, you can go on, you can do your shopping uh, in Lidl. And in his Lidl, I like it. I, I just like it. As In his Lidl is an hour that can be dropping the... Um, Shopping at your door. So whatever you want, you can get there. But what we want to do is we want you to download that app, uh, the Buy Me app, and do so straight away. And then what we want to do is we're going to give you a piece of music right now between 3 and 5 this evening on the A-list with Alan Murphy on this very station. No other station but this one. Alan will be playing the uh, song in full. When he plays it in full... If you enter by WhatsApping us on 087-0958-968 or you can send it to 53995 as well and do so as uh, quickly as you can when you hear the song and then they do a quick shuffle and Ava in reception then picks uh, a winner and uh, that person then gets uh, €200 euro credited to their Buy Me account uh, straight away once you've downloaded that app and you can go shopping straight away. That's the way it works. It's as simple as ABC. So this is today's piece of music. Hmm. I'll play it again for you maybe as well, but when you hear that between 3 and 5, not between 9 and 12 today, when you hear it between 3 and 5, what you need to do is get involved with us on that. Now, it's, it is Father's Day weekend, so it is. I'd actually forgotten about it all together. It was mentioned uh, today, and I was reading the brief for today's programme. But it is Father's Day weekend. So, what are you doing for Father's Day? Be they dead or alive? Be they with you, not with you? Be they separated or otherwise? Uh, what are you going to do for Father's Day? Or give us some memories that you have of Father's Day or of fathers and all that goes with it. And you can do so. There's no major prize for it. Uh, but today uh, we're giving our listeners a chance to win a Father's Day treat for the man in your life. Some of our generous business partners that have stuck with us through thick and thin right throughout the year um, are on board for a special one-day giveaway here on Galway BFM. So our Father's Day treat includes uh, we've treats um, uh, from Anthony Ryan's menswear. Uh, Peter Murphy Electrical, Bridges Garden, Oak Durard Golf Club is in there as well, and many others as well. 
Uh, but up for grabs uh, today, we have a family pass for two adults and three children and a 20 euro voucher to spend in the cafe compliments of Bridges Garden. And I spoke to somebody recently who went to Bridges Garden and they absolutely loved it. They absolutely were bowled over by how beautiful it was. And uh, well done to the team out there. I haven't been there in years, and I mean years, but I will get there eventually. And um, But Bridges Garden have introduced their new Earth Quest Challenge for families, and where the families must navigate the garden, solving a science-based challenges in their quest. I'd be good at that now, wouldn't I? There are several science-based installations right around the garden, including a water engineering play area, a pedal power generator, um, a camera, uh, a weather station to reveal a few um, hints and uh, information about the weather. And families will discover, observe and identify things as part of Earth Quest. So Bridges Garden and Cafe in Ross Cahilland, it is open daily from 10am until 5.30pm. So today we're going to do it straight away. We're not going to kind of hang on in there now. Today we are going to ask you a very simple question. Which famous father is dad to children Brooklyn, Romeo, Cruz and Harper? And don't say Laurel and Hardy or anything like that if you don't mind. Which famous father... His dad to Brooklyn, Romeo, Cruz and Harper. So what we need you to do right now then is uh, to text us that um, answer to 53995 and uh, you can also WhatsApp us to 087-0958-968 and do it straight away. And you could be this weekend with the dad of the man of your life be heading to Bridges Garden because we have the vouchers here to give away this morning and uh, we can have it ready for collection by uh, 12 midday. So all, quite simply, all you have to do is uh, tell us which a famous father is dad to children's Brooklyn, Romeo, Cruz and Harper. Okay. Uh, I have to minimise that screen there now because that's going to just distract me altogether. So I'm going to minimise that. Now, going back though to fathers and memories, what are your, what are your memories of your father? And memories, I mean, good. They can be living, they can be passed away or otherwise. Uh, but feel free to share them with us uh, today on the programme. 53995 or WhatsApp us to 87 0958 as well. And just some memories that you may have. Like my dad is dead since uh, 2011, which is kind of hard to think that he's 10 years dead uh, this coming October. It's very hard to think that he's 10. I, I, if you told me it was two years, I'd say, yeah, I remember that. But 10 years, 2011. Now, we are also getting calls into today and we're working on it uh, today in relation to St. Brendan's in Loch Ray. We have not put out calls on it yet because we didn't get a chance. We're too busy prior to the programme. Uh, but uh, we will we will get to um, to put a call into the HSE or CHO2, indeed, Bridget Graham wrote his office there and get details. But St. Brendan's in Loch Ray apparently has a capacity of 100 beds currently. And I'm reliably informed today by a source in the area that 56 beds are occupied. So why are the other 44 beds not being occupied uh, today? Uh, We've had people trying to get family members in there and they've been pushed and pulled around the place. But good morning, Keith. It would be great if you could get someone from the HSC or St. Brendan's in Lockray to come onto your show again this morning and explain to people why they're not accepting loved ones who need long-term care. Uh, in St. Brendan's, there are 64 patients there at present, 100 beds uh, in total and 31 on a waiting list. We as a family are trying to get our parents in there and it's uh, closed to our needs. Uh, the really, this really needs to be highlighted, but someone uh, needs to answer the question 
uh, they're taking patients in for step down, uh, but not for long term care. Now you said the 64 from somebody that works there. They told me it's more than 56. Regardless, there's beds available in St. Brendan's and we actually need to find out what is going on. We're going to go human trafficking next. Very quickly, and I'm already, we haven't even started fully, and I'm behind. Anyway, just in association with our good friends, indeed, Nancy Ryan's Ventura, Peter Murphy, uh, Electrical, Bridges Garden, Uxor Golf Club, and others uh, for Father's Day, we're giving you a chance to win a family pass for two adults, three children, and a 20 euro voucher to spend in the cafe, Compliments of Bridges Garden. Which famous father is dad to children, Brooklyn, Romeo, Cruz, and Harper? It's not Ollie Turner, it's not Michael D. Higgins. And this one is wild off the cards altogether. It's not Alan Kearns. Now, it does involve a ball. And perhaps his wife's name could be associated with a secret. Get me? 53995 on WhatsApp uh, to 087-0958-968. I do believe, though, there'll be a bit of a scurry of activity when it comes to that mural election later. But more about that in a little while. Now, let me move on because I read a very disturbing article in the paper during the week. And it's taken me until today to get to it because the person I wanted to um, discuss it with uh, was only free with us uh, this morning. Two women who ran a prostitution ring from a base in County Westmeath have been found guilty of human trafficking, uh, which is believed to be the first conviction of its type in Ireland. The women, 44, 31 in each, were found guilty on two counts of trafficking women from Nigeria to Ireland on dates. But it goes on from there. They talk about a 26-year-old mother and um, who felt betrayed uh, but she said, I was like a sex machine, a money-making machine for them, uh, the witness said. She told the trial that if she collected a thousand euro, she was only allowed to keep ten euro for herself. But this type of human trafficking is going on within one kilometre or half a kilometre of the studio one that I'm sitting in today. Rain Lally specialised in this and she's a barrister at law as well. And she joins me on the line uh, today. Lorraine, I'm shocked by this, but you are not. I'm not shocked because very often when you're told the stories by the, the migrants, uh, women and even men as well, um, it, it actually kind of blows you away because they do come here under false pretenses and some of them actually pay to get here. So they've sold all their house in their country or they've sold their land to get here and they were told stories that are not true. And, and the interesting thing actually is the guards, those, that conviction during the week is a step in the right direction. Um, we found out as well, I think two days ago, the Gardaí were investigating um, nail parlours, car washes and um, other um, businesses around the country, up to 17 businesses. Um, and they were looking for similar um, situations where people are being exploited. So it is pretty widespread around um, around Ireland and we're now seeing an increase as well in the number of men being brought here and they're working on building sites in construction. Again, from deprived backgrounds, they're told they have to pay the money back and they're getting maybe €5 Euro an hour or, or less when, when, you know, as well as I do, construction workers should be getting €14 Euro an hour. So there is real money to be made um, in some of these um, human trafficking rings that we have all over the country. Now, the case in question we're talking about uh, was under uh, Judge Francis Comerford, indeed, um, who's a very, very eloquent judge, I have to say. Uh, But the situation is, uh, the facts that came out were extremely shocking and extremely disturbing. But I mean, the fact that it's going on within, I'd say there's somebody trafficked within a half a kilometre of where I'm sitting today. And I don't think you'll disagree with me on that. 
I don't think so. I think, you know, a lot of these people are working for, for cash in hand and a lot of cleaning jobs. Some of them are even working as carers in people's houses and, and people don't realise that. Um, some of these organisations are very complex. You'll see in the case that you mentioned that one of the men involved, he got done for money laundering. It's very often they use companies, they use covers. Um, I find it a little bit shocking as well in that some of the construction workers I've met they're actually working along the keys in Dublin for some of the big international companies. Some of the big IT companies and stuff are actually, these people are getting paid indirectly through them, through subcontractors, because public procurement applies to the main contractor involved, and then you have these smaller contractors that they're giving money to, and, and nobody seems to be tracking the money. So but, it is very worrying. But if you take the case against uh, the Alicia Dosa, and Edith, indeed, uh, today. And you take the 26-year-old mother of one who uh, refers to herself as being a sex machine, but she takes in a thousand euro and she's allowed to keep 10 euro for herself. I mean, if yeah, that, if that was... Yeah, she could yeah. But, but if, yeah. if you just stop for one second and you think about that, she's forced into that position to do what she's doing, uh, which is classed as rape, by the way, uh, by those that are participating, I would think... Um, and she's doing so for a tenor. That's that's if she if she's lucky enough to get that. Sometimes they tell them that their bed and board as well is costing money. Um, that they don't always get paid if they don't do well. If a customer complains or if they don't comply, it's not just um, rape and sexual assault. Very often as well, there's also a level of physical and and other types of abuse happening. Um, some of the women will tell you as well that. That they show me scars on their their backs and and on other parts of their bodies where maybe one person likes to cut them. Um, so it's actually very very um, kind of horrific situations and the money they're making is extreme and sometimes they charge by the hour. So some of those men would be paying a hundred euro an hour, a hundred and fifty or two hundred euro an hour, and and that's where that kind of money is, is coming from. And then if you multiply that by three hundred and sixty five days in the year. They're making an awful lot of money, more money than drug dealers are making. And they're getting away with it up until this? Well, they are, and that's where guard the train and then guard the resources are needed, because it is very complex. It is it's in plain sight, but migrants are naturally weary of the Gardaí. They're naturally terrified. Even when you suggest the Gardaí, they're, they're looking at you with fear. They don't want to go in to any sort of guard station, and that's where we need resources to reassure them in their own language and, and counselling and stuff to tell them, listen, you, you are a victim of a crime. You're a victim of a crime in Ireland and Ireland implements the EU Victims Directive and Ireland is going to take care of you. And we signed up to all these conventions that trafficking is not allowed and we're going to take care of you. And very often they ask me questions like, can I stay here? Will I be able to work legally? Um, can I ever see my children again? What will happen, you know? And can I ask you just, I mean, Galway was mentioned, by the way, the, the trial heard um, uh, women worked in various locations around the country, including Limerick, Cork, Galway, Castlebar, Navan, not alone, Letterkenny, Kevin and Dundalk. Uh, so not alone are, are they being uh, trafficked, but they're being trafficked right around the country as well to ply their trade uh, for the money that the uh, those that are doing the trafficking uh, are charging from there. I mean, the, the penalties which were handed down in, the, in this situation um, don't fit the crime, in my opinion. No, they don't. That's where we need sentencing guidelines. And we've always needed sentencing guidelines in this country because the, the reality is that the judges are often limited in what they can do. 
because there's no clear sentencing guidelines in place. Just as you mentioned there, um, every single count of rape should have been should have been you know considered, and maybe even somebody um, as an accomplice to rape, because technically they are accomplices to the rape. And then there's also that element of, of duress, of false imprisonment, um, of assault, of threatening and abusive behaviour. You often find that when you're reading the law, people say to me, why aren't there 150 charges on that? And, and again, that comes down to, I suppose, the legislation and us, our need to change it and amend it. Violence against women in this country is never properly um, punished, in my opinion. And it's definitely been my experience with domestic abuse as well, where the punishment does not fit the crime, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there needs to be a change in the law. The unfortunate thing is, uh, and when I was reading the brief this morning, I thought to myself, hang on, there's another side to this as well, that these people are in this country, they're they're being forced to do what they're being forced to do uh, in this city, that we're talking to the county, we're talking to, um, if they can understand English today, we're going to give them a number that they can call uh, at the very end of all of this, uh, so we are, um, and again, and, and there's a number that they can call there. But I mean, the situation is, because they're not known to be in the country, I mean, how many of them have been gotten rid of? How many of them are no longer with us? How many of them have been disposed of, maybe because they tried to escape or otherwise? And we'll never know the true facts of that. I don't think we will. And if you go onto the Garda.ie website, there's a, there's a missing persons section and even a missing children section. And when you go through the missing children section, it's very distressing. A majority of the children are migrants. And you're wondering what happened to that child. Was that child sold into some sort of ring or service? And will they ever be found? Will the people who hurt them ever be held accountable? You know, and they would have been brought here in similar situations or even separated from a family member. And I have met people who lost their sibling on the journey over or some of them who were separated in Dublin and they don't know if their brother or sister is alive or dead. You know, um, because there is that element. People are valuable and, and they're valuable stock and valuable trade and it's just modern-day slavery, really, in reality, on the ground. It is, but somebody just sent in a very valid comment here, I have to say. They say, hi, Keith, I know that the people who traffic these poor women are dangerous criminals, but the men who are paying for this degrading service are just as disgusting as well. Which is very, which is a very valid point, but, but I mean, it's going on, it's going on constantly in this country, so it is, and it's been going on for years in this country. Does it make it right, by the way? Uh, and I know the guard, the watch in certain aspects. It doesn't. And yeah, you find as well there's a gender issue there because you saw the two women that were prosecuted. A lot of these organizations are being run and facilitated by women. So the women trust a woman when they meet them. And, and they, they then are kind of, that person is under their control then. And it's the same with prostitution very often. It's usually women running the brothels, not men. Because a man going in wants to see a smiley, friendly face. A woman that will facilitate them. And the, one of the reasons they move the women around so much as well is because just to, to give their, their customers more choice, more option. It's like a customer service almost. They can tell them new people are coming next Friday. How do you mean? So they they would know that people are on their way then, are they? Yeah, they would. They'd know that, you know, maybe certain options, certain certain people they're looking for, or a certain type of, of girl or woman. It's actually very... Um, very kind of well developed which is kind of disturbing in some ways a lot of it has gone online as well so some people are online making bookings or appointments with with these women and they're they're actually transferring money online mm. so the old days of giving cash it's still happening in cash but sometimes as well now you have people with their cards and they're paying online into an account with the card 
All right. Well, if you do want numbers, by the way, the uh, investigation unit in Ruhama are 086-828-2704. But if you want to get that number, just call us here on 091-770-077. And um, reverse charge the call, however you can do that nowadays, I don't know. And uh, we'll give you the number here. But if you're affected by what we're talking about today with Lorraine Lally, what we're asking you to do, quite simply, uh, is if you want help, call 086-828-2704. And we have other numbers here as well. Plus we have uh, text line numbers as well. You can free text uh, from your phone to 5100 and just text REACH, R-E-A-C-H, to 5100. Lorraine, keep up the fight on this because you're, you're, you, you don't give up on a fight, Lorraine Lally, but keep up the fight on this one. We'll keep trying. Thanks, Keith, and thanks for raising this this morning. No. And I think anybody who's seen anything, please do report it. All right. Um, Lorraine Lally, Barrister at Law, indeed. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, she's a mediator. She's everything. But most of all, she cares. That's the most important thing. Now, very good morning to some of your comments coming in. We've closed our lines, by the way, in association with our Father's Day giveaway in uh, St. Bridges Garden. Uh, we've uh, closed the lines there. Hi, Keith. This is a very sobering uh, conversation to listen to on a Friday morning, but much needed. I used to work very closely with the asylum seekers in Galway City and watched how young men would be paid one euro an hour to put up posters for major political parties and how young women would be preyed upon outside the Eglinton Hotel in Salt Hill, being offered uh, money for sex. Many more women were doing a care work in homes for five euro a week. Not a day, Keith. A week. I don't know what sort of society we've become, to be honest. Rosemary Gallagher joins me on the line because we're talking about the pre-accelerator and that they're hosting uh, with RDI, indeed, and the hub there. And uh, they're working with Kerry and the Porter said and all of that. Uh, but uh, Rosemary joins me on uh, the line. Rosemary, good morning to you. Hi, Keith. Thank you very much for having us to talk Thanks about the Thanks for joining us today. Mother of God, but I got a tomb from you, so I did it all together. Uh, 2021... Uh, no women to be left behind 2024 who are you trying to target this morning uh, uh, there's a very simple answer to that question Keith we're looking for startups all along the west coast of Ireland so we're delivering this pre-accelerator with the RDI hub in Kerry and we're particularly welcoming applications from Donegal to Kerry to fulfil on our promise of delivering entrepreneurial programmes to the regions of Ireland Okay, well, what are you looking for? You're looking for people in startups. Are you looking for people with the germ of an idea? Are you looking for yeah. people in arts, arts and crafts? Are you looking for people? What exactly? What's what's the ideal candidate for you? Yeah, exactly. There's so many great programs out there. There's you know New Frontiers and the local enterprise offices and the Empower program, and it's difficult to know exactly what to apply for. So for us, if you are a digital technology with a kind of global outlook. If you if you hope to someday take over the world, might not be your plan for the next six months, but if it's your plan someday and you're working on digital technology, then the NDRC is for you. And I would say as well, if you're not sure if it's for you, we're happy to chat with you and point the point the way to all those other great supports that are out there because we're not doing this alone. Yeah, but I mean the situation quite simply is there are so many talented people out there. And I mean, we're we're blessed with the Enterprise Centre and Enterprise Ireland and yourselves and the Porter Shed and Mary and all the team, and we. But it's it's to pick the right one and to get on that journey that you're talking about to take over the world to make sure that you get on the right path. 
Yeah, it is. It is key. It's really important. And a big focus of this program is all on customer discovery and validating things with your customers, making sure that they really, really want to buy what it is that you have to sell. So what we'll do is help you get out of the building um, and discover if if that's the case. So by the end of a pre-accelerator program, you should be, you know, a investor ready or, or ready to apply for an accelerator program. So if you're not sure you know, how, how developed your idea needs to be. Um, I would say you need to have some early indications that it might, that it might be uh, something that people want. And then the point of the pre-accelerator is to help you uh, get further along that path. So you don't have to have built the entire thing and brought in 100 customers to come to us. We want you before that. So, again, what do they need to bring to the table when they go? It's like that first interview or that first date. What do they bring with them to the table? Yeah, there's a very straightforward application process. The deadlines are on 5th of July and they apply on ndrc.ie. It's a straightforward form and you'll upload a, a pitch deck. And the advice I always give to startups, we are terrible at doing this as Irish people, fly your flags. Really, uh, you have an idea. It's a very special thing. Not everybody has an idea. Um, you have the talent to develop that idea. And just make sure you tell us about that. Don't, don't hide your talents under a bushel. Um, make sure you put them out there. And I, every Friday for two hours, hold office hours uh, with startups with early stage ideas and any other day besides. So if anybody wants to reach out to me, if they're not sure, uh, you can always do that on rosemary at gcid.ie or you can find me on LinkedIn and we'll hold your hand the whole way. But I suppose when you say, you know, I mean, the same Jimmy there about kind of flying the flag and keeping your head very high uh, from mm. there. But, you know, if you if I have a good idea and I go to you and say, look, I think this is a good idea. I think it's an Irish thing, by the way. I've seen the Americans do it and they're absolutely so confident about doing it. And you kind of look at them yeah. and, and then they fail, but then they pick themselves up and then they go again. Uh, with something yeah. else but I think the Irish psyche is I, I think I have an idea no you don't you have an idea uh, but, yeah, I do, but, I, but I don't know will it work well if you don't try you're not going to figure that out but I think we have to just change I think the younger people coming up are far more brighter than some of the people I don't mean bright more confident than some of the people that we're trying to catch this morning in the net yeah, I think I think we're getting there. Um, it does require a bit of a psyche shift. And some of the advice that I've given to my startups in the past is if, if you're not feeling this, just pretend for a little while. <laughs> pretend. The Irish are fantastic um, at the arts. We're great actors. So if you're not feeling confident, you can always you can always act confident for a little while. And the whole point of a program like this is to prove to you, prove to yourself and prove to your customers that you are on the right track. So you'll you'll spend six weeks gathering the evidence that your idea has something. Um, and that, that can be a huge confidence boost at the end of it. Uh, enough that by the end of it, you'd be able to go out and speak to investors and, and convince them of your uh, beliefs as well. When you say act confident, are you saying put up that false... I'm brilliant. This is super. This is the most brilliant idea I've ever come across in my lifetime. It's absolutely fantastic. But I suppose then the fear of that is that someone gets found out. Well, I would say don't be false. <laughs> um, you definitely want to have some belief in your in your own ideas. If there if there's something there, uh, you have every you have every right to have confidence in it. And there's so many talented people uh, in our region. We have in the Porsche Shed um, so many talented developers. 
and um, people quietly working away on just brilliant things. I even heard during the ad break they were talking about you know innovation in farming. Um, and we've seen great innovations out of uh, the West and Northwest and in, in all sorts of sectors, digital innovations. Um, it's, it's very impressive and we need to tell those stories. We need to build those people up. I suppose the key message also is that if it's a thing that you don't, if you don't do it yourself, you'll never do it because no one else will ever do it for you. So this is something that the person with the idea, with the concept and all of that, they have to do for themselves. Yeah, I agree. And on top of which, if you see somebody else do it, you'll always kick yourself that you didn't you didn't go ahead. So, I don't know, use this as a time. There's a deadline coming up on the 5th of July and a program starting on the 23rd of August. So, if, if you're in that category of somebody you know uh, has a great idea and they need to get out there and test it, this is exactly the time. Okay, so give us contact details then, Rosemary Gallagher, please, if you don't mind. Where should they go? No. Yeah, they can apply on ndrc.ie um, and that has the application for the pre-accelerator. You can also pop into me at hours. You can do that on the same website or you can just shoot me an email, rosemary at gcid.ie. That's Goy City Innovation District. Or you can find me on LinkedIn even. My name's Rosemary Gallagher. Good Donegal name. Okay. Uh, I think I've just seemed to have lost a, a fee there, so ho- hopefully Rosemary can still hear me. Uh, but I think yes. I've just lost... A, can you still hear me okay there, Rosemary? Yes, I can still Perfect. hear you, Keith. Whatever happened, I don't know what happened there, but I lost something altogether, so <laughs> I did. So ndrc.ie or rosemary yep. at gcid.ie uh, for further details there as well. Uh, if, That's it. If, no, if they want to get in contact. Listen, thanks for joining us. You keep strong and have a good weekend. Uh, but thank you for joining us uh, today. Uh, ndrc.ie or gcid.ie. Now, though, let me see. John Mulligan should be joining me on the line with Sport uh, today. John, morning to you. Morning, Keith. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the programme. We're going to go to GA first off. It's a big weekend in Camogie with the league final is on Sunday evening. It is indeed, yeah. Go, we're looking to uh, retain the title. They didn't play the National League last season. They didn't play a final last year. So, Go's win over Kilkenny in uh, 2019 counts as the last time the league title was won. So, Go, we're looking for two in a row in three years. Uh, that's a, a good way of, of, of putting it. It's going to be a fascinating game. Uh, I suppose the big question will be how much was taken out of them from that semi-final win over Cork last Sunday. Uh, it went to extra time. It was an absolute war and you know, Carl Murray's side were, were outstanding um, on Sunday evening. So they'll take on Kilkenny, who had it a little bit easier against Tipperary. Uh, interesting question put by Tommy Devan on uh, FYI yesterday evening to the manager. Uh, because they meet in the championship a little bit down the road, will there be a bit of shadow boxing? And Carl Murray was very steadfast when he said, absolutely not. It's a league title. It's there to be won. And... That's exactly what they're going out to do and Kilkenny will be the same. So it'll be a good game. It'll be a very good game on, on, on Sunday evening. Half past seven, throw in live coverage here on Goy Bay FM in association with Duans and uh, Tommy Devan and Imelda Hobbins will be your commentary team for what will hopefully be another successful day in Crow Park. And also, may I add, Keith, just on that, supporters allowed to go as well this time, which is very significant. I think they're allowing 3,000 into Crow Park. It's one of the test events uh, to allow large numbers uh, gathering for uh, sporting events. So it'll be great to see supporters there as well. All right. Uh, got, and, uh, boxing, rather, a good win for Kieran Malloy yesterday at the European Under-22 Championship in Italy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, he was taking on a, a German boxer uh, by the name of uh, Kroter. Uh, and uh, that's the 
proper pronunciation from, from the people I asked yesterday. But it was a very tough fight because, in fact, that German boxer had won a gold medal at a World Cup event a couple of weeks earlier. So Malloy really had to uh, pull out the stops. He did. A 4-1 win. It's called a split decision, but he won uh, He won at 4-1. And afterwards, uh, I was hoping to get to, to speak to him, but I can understand why. Uh, it was an incredibly emotional day for him as well because uh, his grandfather, Stephen Malloy Sr., passed away a couple of weeks ago and he dedicated the win to him. It was a beautiful touch and it was a very emotional day for Kieran. He now goes through to take on Eric Mario Tudor of Romania in the last 16. That's on tomorrow. Uh, more guy boxers in action today. Gabriel Dawson, he is involved at middleweight and uh, he's, the, he's the sole goalie boxer in action today. You have Adam Hessian from Monave in uh, who will be taking on Gabor Virban of Hungary tomorrow. And Jitas uh, Liskas was desperately unlucky, in my opinion, not to get closer to the Olympic Games. He was very narrowly beaten in his qualifier a couple of weeks ago. He's Celtic Eagles. He takes on a very good Italian in Vincenzo Fiaschetti. So we could be in for a couple of great days boxing-wise between now and Sunday. Let's stay local and Galway United have a big game this evening in the first division. Yeah, huge game as well and it's going to be fascinating as well. They take on Cabin Teeley. Now, there is history um, in this game because of the incident that happened uh, a, f- a few weeks ago where Galway United were travelling up to Dublin. Uh, the game was called off at the very last second. In fact, it was called off at 25 minutes to actually 22 minutes to 6 and the reason I remember that is because we broke the story with Jonathan Higgins on FYI Sport at exactly that time. Uh, Cabin Teeley had a situation where uh, a couple of their players had tested positive for COVID-19 Cabin Teeley claimed that they were following advice from the HSE the FAI were not really that impressed to be honest with you and ended up deducting three points off them so Cabin Teeley will be coming here with a point to prove. Go United though, great win last Last weekend against that lone town, the goal from Pori Cunningham. It's debatable if he did get a touch, but we're giving it to him anyway. And, uh, you know, that win over at lone town sees them just three points off second going into tonight's game. So if they win tonight and other results were to go their way, they will very much be in the shake-up as regards the playoff spots. Also, this action in Wembley, England and Scotland. Oh yeah, we can't forget the old rivalry, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> I, I, was watch, I was watching television this morning and it is all England versus Scotland. But I suppose it's the same with ourselves in England when we met in, in 88 and in 1990 in the, in, in the, in the European Championships and uh, the World Cup. Scotland, uh, not the best of starts. They were beaten in their opening game. England did win theirs, but they will feel, Scotland, that this is their opportunity. Uh, there was a brilliant interview with Rod Stewart this morning on the BBC where he reminisced about a famous win over England in 1977 where they uh, completely, well I won't say thrashed Wembley Stadium but uh, the crossbar came crashing down and uh, there was a pitch invasion and all kinds of stuff happened. They would absolutely love it to use a famous footballing term uh, if they were to do that today. I honestly can't see it happen. England just seemed to have too much. Uh, The US Open uh, golf gets underway in Torrey Pines eventually, eventually. Eventually, yes, because of the fog that delayed things um, in, a, in a big way uh, uh, last night. And, and as it happens, it, won't even, it wasn't even completed. A darkness halted play in California. But uh, it gives you an idea, for those who are watching the golf, how late it could be starting. Roy McIlroy didn't get out on course until six minutes past 11 last night. He managed to get his uh, 18 holes in, one under par round of 70, not bad. Shane Lowry had a good start. He actually birdied the second, but then had a triple bogey, and he's won over. 
Uh, the leader is Russell Henley. He's on four under par, and Louis Vesthazen is also on that mark. But he's he's still got two rounds of his uh, two holes of his round to play. So um, it's going to be a good one again. Late afternoon start Irish time. You're talking around about two forty-five when the first golfers get out in the morning session, and then it's that way all the way through until silly o'clock tomorrow morning. All right. Uh, finally, day four of Royal Ascot, if you don't mind. He- Yes, day four of Royal Ascot and it's been a great week's racing uh, I have to say, there's been some fantastic races and some great performances uh, I suppose the big surprise was Stradivarius not winning yesterday but it is, the the big one is the, well, you've got the Coronation Stakes and the Commonwealth Cup they're the two big races this afternoon and uh, really that's it, it kind of come, I know it runs tomorrow as well but to be honest with you it kind of, mm. uh, today is the last really, really okay. big day of it and just to mention the tip is the Mediterranean running the 305. All right, uh, more sport on the hour every hour here on Goldway BFM with John Mulligan and the team throughout the day today. Stay tuned. Now, the big wedding taking place today, a nice small family wedding uh, in Ornmore. So, good morning to the Finn family as they prepare for their uh, wedding, indeed, of Evan and their son to Karina. And uh, to John and to Joan and to Evan's siblings, Daniel, Jesse and Jody. It's a small, only family uh, affair and uh, really is very tight. What they've done is, I, I think they're brilliant. Um, I saw a photograph of it last night. They've redone one of the hay sheds that they have uh, in Ornmore. And it's only for their own family. Very small crew indeed. We wish them the very the very best indeed uh, today as uh, Evan and Karina tie the knot indeed uh, with their young son as well who's uh, with them. Uh, but to uh, John and Joan and to the rest of the family. Morning to you all. And uh, there's no need to bother telling them to behave themselves because they're well-behaved people. So we wish them the very best of luck uh, today. But again, uh, I don't even know the numbers that are allowed, but there's only, I think there's only 15 of them going to the wedding. Uh, But I don't even know what's allowed today for weddings. But there you go. Anyway, and uh, let let them enjoy it. Uh, from there because it's uh, a big day for them and they put a lot of work into it and they're up early they have to do the farming first then the wedding can take place then they have to take a break indeed to try and celebrate and then they have to go farming again so good luck to them today now let me see can I just link with uh, Owen Corey indeed um, he may not be there just yet with me Owen good morning to you no he's not there yet we're logging him in on a separate system altogether Um a good few comments in today. Keep them coming into us uh, today as well. And uh, Keith, best wishes to Clodagh Collins and Eugene Harty in Ornmore. They're getting married today for mom and dad and all the family. Well, good morning to you. Keith, I uh, was in Ballybridge yesterday and there was a taxi in there with someone getting their vaccine. I'm just wondering, have do, do they need to be COVID tested as well? And uh, another caller said, Keith, um, there's been a, a touch of a crash on the Tomb Road. So just watch and where people are going uh, from there. And also we've got a good few texts in about dads uh, today. David Beckham, by the way, was the name that we were looking for today. David Beckham was the name that we were looking for uh, today uh, on the programme. But a good few texts in about dads uh, today. Keith, I remember my dad very fondly indeed. Uh, He was generous with his time and worked very hard. We had a great childhood and uh, I intend to visit the grave on Sunday and leave flowers for him from there. And again, other ones coming in on the left-hand side today. Uh, Keith, as uh, caller said, a very fond memory of my dad is he used to love to sing, especially uh, when out having a few pints. He could hold a note and people often told me he sounded like his idol, Nat King Cole. Not long after he passed away, I was having a, uh, a down day 
Jackman smile. I thought your heart was breaking by Nat King Cole came on the radio. I turned the volume up and sang through with all my tears, but felt much better for it. So thank you, Dad. And a nice little memory, Keith. And God rest all dads no longer with us, this caller said. Another caller said, Keith, what was the name of the lawn uh, feed you were talking to, um, you were talking yesterday to Anne McKeown about? It was 7617 is what it was uh, called, by the way. 7617 is what it was called uh, from there. Uh, but don't put it on the lawn, lads. Just don't put it on the lawn, please. Well, don't put it on the lawn at the level that I put it on the lawn. Uh, because I put far too much on it, so I did absolutely far too much on it. And uh, please don't put it on the way I put it on from there. Um, other ones, yeah, don't. I, let's, I could be cutting the grass three times a week at this stage. I looked at it this morning before I left, and I need to, I need to uh, do it again. Um, where am I after? Sorry, I've lost my train of thought. Uh, okay, let me try Owen Curry again on uh, line as well. Owen, good morning to you. Uh, good morning. I'm confusing myself, Owen, this morning, but then it's Friday, so I'm allowed to do that, am I? I get a dispensation from you on that, don't I? No problem. I think I may have come to the wrong departure gate a few minutes ago, but I'm here now. I hope <laughs> I'm allowed to board. You're allowed to board, but can I just, can, can I please, if you don't mind, can I see your passport altogether? I'm, I'm kind of confused about a number of things um, but today, Owen, and we're going to kind of fly through a few of them. Uh, the first one of them is where Tony Hula and the Chief Medical Officer have said, uh, holiday in Ireland for those that are under 30 and not to go abroad. And that's sending out a very clear message to them. Join the confusion. Uh, the level of confusion of the last week has increased. I, that's not something I would have thought was possible the last time we were talking, uh, Keith. But certainly uh, the message from Tony Hullen through this has been consistent enough. He doesn't want people to travel. He's going to, um, he thinks it's a bad idea. Um, he's been advising the government and he's been giving it as a medical expert and the government has made its own decision that we have to align with Europe. So, Everything that has been said uh, from Neffet and from Tony Holohan, uh, which is their job, their medical advisors, has been that uh, international travel is not a good idea. Um, what is happening uh, f with at European level is that there is sort of an acceptance that we are one economy, we need to start moving again, and there could be problems with connectivity if we don't uh, start restoring the levels of levels of travel to some. Uh, level uh, that it was before the pandemic and of course the southern European countries specifically uh, are very enthusiastic about getting tourism going again. Mm. So what was, was said yesterday is not that different from what's been said all along. If you've got your uh, full course of vaccination, the most two important words in the English language, double dose, if you've been through the whole lot, uh, you're entitled to your uh, digital green certificate you're entitled to travel if you haven't there are all sorts of problems Tony Holohan just touched on them yesterday we're not going to get everyone through the double dose during the summer that's of a certain age you see I think I know where he's coming from but I don't know did he say it in as many words but the situation is I'm told that an awful lot of the leaving certs that are coming out once they finish the leaving cert have intended going on their annual summer holidays uh, but they intend to go for a few months and spend time down in Spain and Fungarola and wherever else they go to from there. But I think the key message from him is uh, don't go because uh, unless they, we are, don't go unless you're fully vaccinated, which a lot of them won't be. Uh, but I know from speaking to one parent at least that uh, 
the, the son in question thinks that he'll get vaccinated while down in Spain having a great summer. Yeah, and on the other side, Spain has decided that if you're under the age of 12, you don't need a PCR test. But if you're over the age of 12, you probably will. So, they, you know, those traditional uh, leaving cert destinations, Santa Pons, uh, Ayanapa, all of those places that, uh, you know, the, it's, uh, it's scary even naming them. But they were all, they're all, um, if they're going to be heading out this uh, summer, it's unlikely that even the admission uh, country, the de- destination country, will be allowing unrestricted travel unless you've got your PCR test in advance. That's possible. And the, the um, commitment of the government is to, as of July the 19th, they're going to remove uh, the travel restrictions for the digital green certificate holders. But we still have no idea, Kate, and this is where a lot of the confusion is coming from. We still have no idea what Ireland is doing, how is it going to be issued, and whether the, um, you know, the ban on uh, non-essential travel, which is in place until July the 19th, will be lifted as a whole. Or will they start looking for uh, different ways of implementing or curtailing travel? Because that's the noise that's been coming from different members of the government over the last few weeks, uh, not just on travel, but on every other issue. Uh, mem- different members of the government are making uh, uh, contradictory statements and have been since the government was formed. The other aspect that's come across our desk uh, today is that if people who are fully vaccinated uh, get to travel, um, some of them are finding it very difficult in relation to car rental. Um, Have you come across that? Car rental, Keith, has been a, a, a disaster. The way, um, a lot of listeners will, will know this, the way car rental works is that the car rental companies um, buy a huge number of cars, have them ready to roll when the season starts in March, and then they um, sell them off. Um, they generally get one season, maybe two seasons out of them. It's a very fluid business with a very high turnover of cars. What happened last year doesn't leave much to the imagination. They were left with all these cars, paying for all these cars that they uh, couldn't rent. In Ireland, almost all our car rental is done at the airport. It was, um, we had Hertz and the global brand of Hertz, not the Irish brand, filing for protection from creditors. We had another company uh, filing for protection from creditors. They were sailed as close to the wind as you possibly can um, in commercially last year. The knock-on from that, Keith, is that they didn't buy in the numbers this year. Even the ones who anticipated the summer of 2021 coming back to some sort of level were conservative about how they did it. The result is that, you know, should the numbers uh, start moving, and they already have, because remember, a lot of countries now have have um, adopted the digital green certificate, jumped early, it's not due in Europe uh, until July the 1st. A lot of the countries that we go to, that Northern Europeans go to, like Spain and Portugal, are accepting antigen tests where they used to accept PCR tests only. So numbers are moving, but the car rental, uh, car hire people can't suddenly decide now to double the number of cars. So it 
we're we're hearing reports back from everywhere and it's completely understandable that those people who are arriving expecting to um you know go into your website with a day to go and pick up your car uh, are finding that they're just not available Mm. and uh, moving them around is a big problem for the car hire company. Car hire companies have been one of the worst affected of everyone through the travel industry and it it mightn't even, it might take years to get back to that level of comfort that we last saw in 2019. Um, just two other quick events here uh, this morning. Uh, just in relation to the amount of uh, American passengers um, booking to come into yeah. Ireland is quite staggering, I have to say. And we spoke about this uh, with the listeners during the week, but also I was talking to some of the hotel operators here, uh, including to, to our, our colleagues just across the road there in the Maldron Hotel. And Rene in the Maldron Hotel over there was telling me the other day uh, that they are getting an awful lot of bookings coming in for August, September, October, November from Americans that just want to get out of America and come to Ireland. We are seen as a safe place. We're seen as a place where English speaking uh, in the new environment, people don't want to go places they're not particularly familiar with. They feel very familiar with Ireland because of our reach into America. And we have a disproportionate amount of the North American market. To give an example, Keith, uh, we are, I think, the third uh, in 2019 um, biggest European inbound market for Americans, where we get more Americans than our size, the size of our island and our climate would suggest. Now, where this is going in 2021 is also very unclear because we have not said that as a government and as a nation that Americans are welcome. Europe has said vaccinated Americans will be welcome. They haven't put the system in place where we have uh, the equivalent of the digital green certificate where Americans uh, are accepted that have been through the double dose of vaccination. And remember, they have a very high uh, level of vaccination and particularly for the age group that come to Ireland and love coming to Ireland, a very high proportion of those are vaccinated. Ireland hasn't joined Ursula von der Leyen's message of welcome to Americans because we haven't said anything about travel. We're actually just, um, you know, letting it, letting, letting it run its course without uh, giving any details. And a lot of Irish hotels now have this situation where the Americans are booking, they... It's quite clear, uh, it's very, very clear on the American side, Irish people with Irish passport holders cannot get into America. But on the Irish side, Americans can travel here. They will require a PCR test um, before they return to America. But that, you know, that runs, uh, everybody, listeners will be very familiar with that now. Two companies, RockDoc charge 95, uh, Randox charge 90, and they're situated uh, close to airports like mm. uh, RockDoc are in Shannon, Randox are in Limerick. So the possibility of Americans coming here, and even if the PCR test is still in place, getting back is all there. And But the one key missing, and it keeps coming back to the one thing that's missing in all our travel plans in 2021, is some sort of clear direction from our government as to whether they're welcome or not. Uh, they would be hugely welcome by the hospitality industry. And certainly if they've been through the double dose of vaccination, it makes no difference from um, allowing Germans and French who have been through the double dose, which they are inquir- uh, will, be, will be allowed to do after July the 19th at Americans. 
but we've still no clarity. Well, there's a, there's a way of doing it. You set up a travel bubble with America. You accept their standards. You accept their testing. You accept the fact that the double-dose American is, is treated the same as the double-dose of uh, German, but we have not uh, put that in place, and it we've no indication of it, even if, if there's an, uh, a mindset to put it in place because NEFIT are definitely against it. Uh, Fine, can I just ask you about the fallout from Stobart and the cancellation that Aer Lingus uh, had to cope with and then the, the reinstatement of flights indeed uh, between some of the bigger airports uh, but not uh, with um, some of the smaller airports as well. Um, where, is that knock out, where is that knock-on effect going to leave uh, those in the likes of, say, Donegal and elsewhere? Donegal's in trouble. Kerry has Aer Lingus mainline. Yeah. Um, it has capacity on the runway, yeah. Yeah, it's got the capacity on the runway. Uh, uh, Donegal will need um, a, a sort of a turboprop supplier, a subcontracted turboprop. There's a problem with the PSO anyway, in that you can't just decide to replace one airline with another one. No, it, it has, has to go, go through to all of this tendering process. again, yeah. And then we back to um, what, you know, the whole Aer Lingus regional Stobart contract was based on smaller aircraft being able to feed into the transatlantic network in Dublin. And it doesn't make economic sense to run A320s uh, on the Aer Lingus regional routes to Manchester, Glasgow, places like that. So... While Aer Lingus has stepped in and said we're going to do it in the short term, it's not clear they're going to continue to do that during the summer and they may let just some of the routes go until they have a transatlantic service. One of the things that's happened, and listeners will have probably experienced this in the last 72 hours, Kate, is Aer Lingus has cancelled almost their entire transatlantic schedule for this summer. They were due to resume San Francisco, Los Angeles, Miami. Um, they, uh, um, Seattle even was being resumed and Washington, D.C. But they've, re- they've diverted those passengers to the three existing services which have been running right through COVID, which is Chicago, Boston, New York. Now, that means that they're rethinking the whole idea of their transatlantic service for the summer of 2021, probably postponing it till 2022. That also means that the feeder services, uh, they may be related, that Stobart went, they said, these routes don't make sense without a feeder service from the UK. And there's already, we're already dealing with the uncertainty of uh, restrictions, both by the UK government and the Irish government. So they have just decided they're going to keep a skeleton transatlantic service going during, going during summer. What that means to me, in answer to your question, is that the Aer Lingus regional network is not going to be prioritised. They have a bit of breathing space before the new airline, Conor McCarthy's Emerald, takes it over at the end of 2022. And it looks like that they are not going to, uh, to um, subcontract. Um, well, they may subcontract in, but they're not going to run the, le- the service at the level that they used to. The good, there's, there's very few good upsides in aviation out of COVID. 
one of them is that there's no shortage of people looking for that business. There's no shortage of smaller aircraft. Uh, Pat B- uh, Burns CityJet in Ireland would have the access to this sort of aircraft that could do the uh, carry to Donegal run and to w- would uh, do those services that Aer Lingus is re- regional used to. There's airlines in Norway looking for it, and Lithuania looking for it, and um, lots of air, air, airlines with aircraft that aren't doing a lot of business at the moment would love to get the gig. The problem is, uh, does it make sense to award the gig on Aer Lingus's side for the economic uh, return they'll get for those flights from Dublin to Leeds, Bradford, etc.? And on a government level, does it make sense to spend the enormous amount that they're spending on the PSO service? They're the questions that would probably be asked at government level and at ministerial level this week. You and I can't answer that. Uh, on Corrie of Air and Travel, thank you for joining us uh, today on the programme. It's 29 minutes past 10 now and got a note in as well as Dear Keith, you'll be well aware of the behaviour of some of the crowds who come into the centre of our city at the weekends. Um, um, your previous letter writer indeed, Anne Ryan, has summarised the situation very well in the email below. She's given her full permission for it to be read out on your show if you see fit. Members and uh, residents of the Association Committee uh, of the Bowling Green Residents Association um, have met with councillors in Gardaí over the last number of weeks and we were ple- pleading with them uh, to close the river bank in the evening time uh, it's cl- because of its close proximity to Bowling Green, one of the remaining residential streets in the central area. The Gardaí now include Broken Corba Riverbank in their patrols and when resources allow that. However, as Anne points out, there's a bigger issue in addition to the fundamental right of locals to a peaceful night's sleep. And Anne's uh, letter goes as uh, follows. It's short enough. I'm writing to you in conjunction with the support of my fellow members of the Bowling Green uh, Association concerning two issues. The first is the behaviour in general at night time in uh, Galway City, uh, this uh, caller said, uh, during the past several weekends. And the long and um, short-term potential effects such as the behaviour in the city. The second is specifically connected to a behaviour on that section of the canal bank from the Samuel Bridge to O'Brien's Bridge. I've worked in and chosen to live in Galway City Centre for the past 30 years. I've lived here during many race weeks, Volvo Ocean Race, Art Festival, Film Flats, etc. Despite the arrival of tens of thousands of visitors during these events, life remained pleasant and civilised. Things have changed now each weekend and the city is overrun by a large group of outdoor drinkers who congregate uh, where and when suits them, creating at times an unpleasant, even threatening atmosphere. I do not envisage the return of many visitors who visit Galway and experience uh, the weekends of outdoor uncontrolled drinking. Who could blame them? Neither do I see any long-term future for festivals, flags, tourism, etc. in Galway if the current weekend behaviour continues. This despite the years of work which have gone into their development. Instead, I see a city where we will all be quickly ghettoised by hordes of on-street drinkers. News of tolerance spread fast despite instances of €100 Euro fines to individuals as uh, reported in the City Tribune on the 11th of June letters page. My second concern is behaviour on the riverbank uh, stroke canal bank specifically between the Samuel Bridge and O'Brien's Bridge. Crowds of young people gather on the bank to drink. It stops um, being a public amenity when, um, when w- which was it was planned for but becomes a liability no-go area uh, available only to drinkers. Behaviour on the bank involves drinking, shouting, singing and playing loud music, chanting jump, jump, jump on the riverbank. Young people have been pulled from the canal, urinating, defecating, fornicating and littering. Almost every weekend since last May 
I have had occasion to report to the Riverbank Behaviour to Gardaí. I witnessed blue light intervention, which cleared uh, the bank in a short space of time, and Gardaí patrols, which have cleared the bank uh, long and short term. Peace and quiet reigned on Friday and Sunday nights last weekend. However, the revellers were in action on the bank until 3am on Saturday night. I'm not personally in a position to do anything but to write you, and I hope that uh, you, from your position, may motivate action to rectify this state of affairs before it becomes too late. I have not mentioned COVID-19, social distancing and mask wearing, and not practiced, I sh- uh, which has not been practiced. I shudder to think what might be the outcome if just one person with the Delta variant should join the party. Yours sincerely, and that comes from Anne Ryan. And my heart goes out to you. My heart goes out to you because I've about 20 other mails like that that I could wallpaper the office with here, the studio with here. Shocking, shocking. Anyway, our, the mayor of the city is to vacate his office today. Um, the um, removal trucks indeed have been in today. They've taken his furniture from his office and all that, his residence in City Hall, and they've moved it into his own home again. And he's making way for a new mayor. Uh, mayor Mike Hubbard, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. How are you? You're the mayor who made history because you got two terms, so you did uh, back to back, unopposed. So, uh, what's it like today for you to wake up knowing that uh, when you put your head on the pillow tonight with Karen at home, that you will no longer be mayor of the city? Yeah, look, I suppose Keith, it's been a great honour first and foremost to, to be mayor for for two years. Um, it, it, to be very honest, it, it's mixed feelings. Uh, I, I, at one point, I'm quite happy to, to depart. It's been a very, very challenging time, and it's. It's it's a different time. There was no playbook of how to manage or how to conduct yourself as as mayor of, of any city uh, throughout a pandemic. So there's been quite a number of challenges. Uh, but but I, I've loved I've loved the two years. I've loved the role uh, meeting various groups across the city and and, and individuals and so on. And you get a sort of first hand bird's eye view of what goes on in Galway behind the scenes as well in all communities. So it's been a great honour. Uh, but 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 to be very frank, I, I'm I'm tired. It's, it's it's a challenge with a full time job as well. And, and look, I have to pick. Uh, Credit to my employers, O'Leary Insurance Brokers here in Lisbon, who have been very understanding to me the last two years as I as I get the role 100. percent And and again, Karen, you mentioned Karen there. Karen and my three boys at home have have I suppose been on that journey with me as well the last two years, and and, and they've been a huge support. And I suppose to get back to some level of normality, I'm not going too far. I'm on the city council, of course, for three more years at least. Um, but I'm not going too far. But uh, it's been a huge honour, Keith, to be to be honest. It's been a challenge at times for you, personal abuse, um, personal threats, all of that. I'm sure you won't miss that. No, that's that's part of it. That that I suppose you 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 reflect on and you say that was a kind of a, a challenging part. And as I said from day one, a certain level of uh, of, of criticism has to come our way in politics. That's what we're what we're going forward for and challenge our policies and, and challenge what we say and do. That that's absolutely what we're there for. But when it crossed the line, when it when it when it started threatening family members and and writing nonsense and, and and about my parents and so on, it came to a level where it was it was very very challenging mentally, very frustrating. Um, but again, the outpouring support I got that time from right across the political divide across the the, the city, county, and beyond uh, was very very heartwarming. And again, as a, as a young family, uh, I suppose it gave us the motivation to keep on going. And uh, I, I've always been a person who's been solution based. I've always been a person who's rolled my sleeves up to, to any challenge and. I suppose I wasn't going to let any coward or any bully put me out of office. Uh, I was always always going to go on my own terms, as I said. Mm. So uh, I'm I'm delighted to complete the full the full year. And the, the highest compliment I got even yesterday, and 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 that's what you mentioned there was, was a blip, of course. But 99 percent of what I've done over the last two years has been hugely positive. Uh, and again, uh, credit goes to the people of Galway. I've seen firsthand how they've adapted and they've changed the ways of thinking to make sure 
I suppose the show goes on and that, that's a huge positive and a huge accomplishment to people go away. Um, so a new mayor is voted in today. Now there is speculation and it's purely speculation, I haven't spoken to them, uh, that Fianna Fáil are hoping perhaps that Peter Kane uh, will take this. But if it goes according to plan, uh, Councillor Collect Connolly is to be uh, the next mayor of the city. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, Councillor Connolly, who's been my deputy mayor this year, has my full support and I believe the full support of, of the, the members of the, the group that we're, we're, we're working together with. Are, are numbers um, so, tight, Mike? Do you know, or is that a fair question? Because no, we 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 have a group of ten, and we work very well together. So uh, the, the number does ten to eighteen councillors. Uh, Councillor Connolly will have the support of the ten. Uh, I'm not sure after that how, how, how others will vote, um, but I know my full support and support of my my colleagues in the ten will be with Councillor Connolly, who will be uh, uh, no doubt uh, go forward as a, as a good mayor of the city. She's been a councillor since 2004, uh, and and again she's been my deputy mayor this year. So uh, I wish Councillor Connolly the very very best, and she'll have my full support from just the other side of the table in City Hall and uh, there's no, there's no okay, Maybe it's just mischievous stuff that I'm getting overnight indeed that um, uh, Peter Kane is to be nominated by Fianna Fáil and that they've brought some people on site. Again, maybe I'm just being fed misinformation as well. So, uh, I, I, for, for, for um, I mean, let's, let's see how it pans out. Uh, good luck. What are you going to do tonight when you're not mayor? I'm going, I'm going straight to Kiltulla. My, my, my eldest lad Ryan has an under 11 match out there at 7 o'clock. So, uh, I'll be leaving Leisureland and I'll be changing out of the formal wear into the football gear and out to the out of that game straight away. That's that's the life goes on. Kiltulla tonight for it will be your first taste of freedom uh, without the Merle chain with you. It's been a pleasure working with you for the last uh, two years, uh, Mayor Mike Cover. Thank you to you for joining us, and we look forward to keeping in contact uh, with you there. Quick commercial break. Uh, the uh, comment lines are open if you want to get through to us today. Let's go to the City Tribune headlines. David Connell joins me on uh, the line today. Dave, morning to you. Morning, Keith. How are you? Now, I'm good. I'm good. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking to um, Paulie Cribben and Adrian Cummins uh, from VFI and the Restaurant Association of Ireland. And they indicated that pubs could be in trouble for serving pints outside, um, despite all the areas now being specifically adapted for outdoor drinking. And that's your, and dining, that's your front page story today. It is, and they were right. And I, when I heard this, uh, I checked the date to see was it the 1st of April, yeah. but it is true, yeah, um, because Gardaí have warned publicans that alcohol cannot be served outside their premises, even in these newly created on-street spaces uh, designated by the City Council for outdoor uh, drinking and dining. It's Councillor Mike Crow that was talking to us about this. He tells us three Gardaí visited a number of uh, city centre pubs uh, on Thursday afternoon, informing them that uh, drinking outdoors was not allowed under licensing laws. That's because, and we know this, this is true, the area outside is not covered by license. I mean, I know of pubs in the past where they tried to extend into what might have been the family kitchen. You can't do that. It is very strictly designated as to what is and isn't a licensed area. So under the legislation, they're breaking the law because they're not entitled to sell alcohol in these non-licensed areas. Now, the, the operators were told to treat this as an official warning. The guards said they'd be back again in a few days and if this persisted, they'd have no option but to issue a charge and forward files to the DPP. As Mike Crow says, you could not make this up. You, you really couldn't uh, make it up uh, from there, but look at Let's let's wait and see and see how this is going to pan out. We're going to stick to what publicans, a well-known city publican, have been hailed a hero after a dramatic river rescue. This is another amazing story. It is an amazing story. Fergus McGinn is the publican we're talking about, proprietor of McGinn's Hop House in uh, Woodkey. And he had to save the life of a woman who had entered the waters uh, of the Carib uh, off Wolftone Bridge. She'd been walking close to 
juries in when he saw the young woman enter the river. He rushed to the riverbank on the long walk side of the bridge, jumped into the water, spoke to the woman, uh, kept her calm, stayed with her until the emergency services arrived. This happened uh, last Friday afternoon, about a quarter to four last Friday afternoon, uh, and the emergency services were there in jig time uh, to safely rescue the woman from the water, but a vital, vital intervention. Wow, well done, well done. Uh, a big day for Councillor Colette Connolly uh, today you're reporting on. Yeah, and people will have heard this uh, on your news bulletin earlier on. She's expected to be elected Mayor of Galway today. Only the eighth woman to ever hold uh, this office and making it something of a clean sweep. The Deputy Mayor is expected to be the Green Party Councillor Martina O'Connor. Um, Colette, of course, is the sister of the current last count caller, Catherine Connolly. And uh, they're definitely the first two sisters uh, to ever hold, uh, to have held the chain. Uh, my belief, and people will correct me if I'm wrong, is that they're, they're our belief is that they're the first two siblings. Now, we've had uh, fathers and sons and indeed uh, mother and daughter with uh, Bridie and Terry O'Flaherty, but the first uh, two siblings from the same family to serve as mayor uh, since the office was reintroduced in 1937. And the end, of course, as well, of a terrific two years in the most uh, trying of circumstances for the outgoing mayor, uh, Mike Cupboard, mm. who most definitely left his mark. He certainly did. Now, there's a wonderful artist's impression indeed within the paper of a major new housing development and the Crown site in Merview, but none yeah. of the 345 units are for sale. No, they're not, because uh, Pori Grattigan, who's the, the man behind the Crown Square uh, scheme, is planning this as a massive build-to-rent housing scheme, uh, 345. 45 apartments in there. Now, he was previously granted planning permission for 288 apartments on the same site, but he has now applied for a modified higher density development. Some of these blocks will be four to nine storeys in height. There'll also be quite a number of facilities, a a gymnasium, primary care, medical centre, games room, creche, a a working from home lounge, which I it's not a pub. I thought it might be a pub, but it's no such thing. Um, he also has to transfer uh, 35 of these apartments uh, to Galway City Council for uh, social housing requirements. And because of the scale of the development, it's going straight to this strategic housing development mm. in Port Planola because under that legislation. Uh, and as people know, because this was a long time in abeyance, but uh, the first uh, phase of the development is already under construction. That includes 180-bed hotel with bar, restaurant, conference facilities and five office blocks with space for up to 3,500 workers. So quite legitimately or quite reasonably, you could find yourself uh, living in one of these apartments, working 2,200 yards, whatever, down the road, and you'll have a pub and a hotel on site as well. Good stuff. Now, from a sports point of view, Camogie is dominating the sports on the back page. Ah, yeah, and and, and rightly so. Mm. Galway prepared to take on Kilkenny in the league final. Uh, they've hardly had time to draw breath uh, between games since the action uh, resumed there. Uh, another big game, indeed, even a, a grudge match. Uh, Galway United, they're hosting Cabin Teeley at Eamon DC Park tonight. And a couple of, I, I suppose, background stories on this. Uh, the Dubs are carrying more than one grudge because soccer fans will remember at the end of last season, it was on something of a, a technicality that Galway got into the uh, the playoffs they didn't uh, uh, get promotion, but uh, Cabin Teeley uh, were edged out after uh, th- the, a game that they had played against Wexford. The, their win was overturned after a, an appeal against the uh, players' legitimacy uh, from the Wexford club. And then 
uh, this season because of COVID. Cabantini couldn't uh, put out a team against Galway, so Galway were given a, a 3-0 win without kicking a ball on that. But I suppose the more important thing is that a win for either side puts them in contention for uh, playoff places, and that's Galway's only motivation. So plenty on that. Uh, and on last weekend's GAA action in sport. And what else have you got briefly there, Dave, for us? Uh, loads in there, Keith. Uh, Denise McNamara uh, enjoyed Galway's first social enterprise, Artisan Market, uh, which the founders are hoping, uh, th- they've had a phenomenal start, they're hoping to become a permanent fixture. This is down around the rowing club, uh, Umbrella Ella, or another umbrella, and I think you probably need an umbrella for markets, but it has a spectacular view and spectacular shops. You'll see that from the bakes. Uh, talking of photos, lovely pics from the annual uh, St. Nicholas's Parochial School uh, Sports Day at the Plots and bringing back loads of memories. The, the sack race, the spud and spoon race, uh, the three-legged race, all all events that, I don't know why they're not the Olympics, but they're not. Um, the Judy Murphy, uh, we mentioned yesterday, reminiscing 30 years back uh, because the Saw Doctors re-releasing their brilliant debut album, If This Is Rock and Roll, I Want My Old Job Back and 14 pages of motoring. So you mightn't be able to rent a car when you go on holidays, but if you're changing one, Pete, you'll know where to go and have a look for them this week. And I just got a mess in the headphones saying they spoke to somebody in the VFI, and uh, the VFI are um, proposing a wait-and-see uh, situation in, in relation to your front-page story today. Uh, they've got to wait and see what happens at the weekend uh, before they take a, a position well, I, on that. I know there's yeah, I know there's a there's a JPC meeting uh, next week, uh, the Joint Policing Committee meeting. <laughs> to imagine it's top of the agenda for that. Uh, so we will wait and see. But I, I think it is the, the, the Gardaí are doing their job because this is the law, absolutely. But it is a question of a little bit of joined up thinking uh, on this. And really, that shouldn't be beyond anyone uh, because it has been a success. And mm. given that pubs have had such and restaurants have had such a hard time, my God, it's, it's uh, the smallest bit of comfort for them. All right. Listen, Dave, thanks for joining us. Have a good weekend. You'll be interested on thank the next you, subject, too. so you will. But thank you, Dave, for joining us uh, today because uh, Dave, myself, should really be sent off uh, to spend some time with Isabella uh, because uh, Galway Community Circus is holding a variety of summer camps from the 5th to the 25th of um, July, indeed, for adults, families and children as well. Maybe we should go all together. Isabella, good morning to you. How are you today? I'm great today. So you're 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 going to um, teach us all how to become circus entertainers, are you? Well, not really entertainers. If you want, I can teach you as well. But uh, you can just learn um, how to be more um, well to just gain a bit of motor skill, emotional intelligence, mental agility, concentration. You know all the good stuff. <laughs> okay, now I'm so go- basically. I'm- I'm good as Isabel. I'm good at um, juggling. I'm useless at acrobatics. Uh, I t- think I think I walk the tight wire every morning. So you know, I could teach you a trick or two too. You know. Well, I'm pretty sure you can, and there's always a space for anyone in circus. So if you're not good at something, <laughs> you'll probably be good at something else. So <laughs> it's a uh, well, it's a learning process. Let's say like this. <laughs> Um, what I would look forward to, but I'd be afraid I'd damage my hips altogether here, would be the hula hoop camp as well. Uh, so you're getting people to spin the hoop as, uh, in various parts of their body. Yes. So, like, we have the hula hoop camp. So basically we have for kids and adults. So it's just a fun way of learning um, different skills, as I was saying before, as like motor skills, fitness, 
So I think the good thing about circus is that we learn all of these things, but in a fun way and non-competitive way, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, um, I don't know, it's just a different and exciting and unique way to learn all these things. Uh, so apart from the hula hoop, we also have the tide wire and the funambulism. So for those who don't know what a funambulism is, so basically we walk on tide wires or slack lines um, balancing a pole on our hands. So it seems quite um, crazy and difficult, but if you give a go, I'm pretty sure you get it. Yeah, and it's done low to the ground, so if you do fall, you won't have that far to fall. No, we have different heights. So, like, we all begin in a really low height until you really get the confidence to go a bit higher and higher. So, it's really open for everybody. Doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your body shape, doesn't matter anything, really. Like, I've seen people from, I don't know, 70-year-old trying and actually getting and going higher and higher, you know? So... It really, it, it's really about like giving a go and believing yourself and being confident actually and building this confidence as well. So you're running from the 5th of July to the 25th of July. And if they want to get further details, yeah. if they go to goldwickcommunitycircus.com is the best place to go from there. Uh, goldwickcommunitycircus.com. And it'll be a bit of fun, so it will. And it's, it's good to, I know you're putting in all of the um, social distancing and all that goes with it. So it'll be a safe uh, summer camp for people. Yes, safe. And if uh, if Ireland permits, also fully sunny. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are also complying with all the COVID um, measures. So cleaning everything, social distancing, um, but still uh, having fun with it. That's the most important thing, so it is from there. Just have a little bit of fun. And again, you can be from five to whatever age you want to be, um, upwards indeed. But if you want to get further details, go to com, and they can register uh, from there. How are registrations going, Isabella? So, um, as I was saying, uh, because it is a really fun and we have, I mean, we have a bit of options for all ages. Uh, places are limited. The registrations are going great and... Well, we have to run to get your st- your spot because I think on July everybody wants to be outside to enjoy the Irish weather that I am really optimistic that is going to be great. <laughs> so, yeah, places are limited, but all details you can see at Goikumin Circus and pretty sure you're going to find something for yourself. All right, listen, thank you so much for joining us uh, today, Isabella. Keep up the good work and uh, thank you for joining us uh, today. Hi, Keith, our government are advising us not to go on international holidays yet. I was in Spanish Point in Clare last weekend and there were a lot of Indian tourists. How or why are there so many of these tourists in Ireland now? I would not think that there were tourists, to be quite honest. I would say that they're uh, living here now. And uh, I know a couple of weeks ago when I was in Cliffs of Moher, there was a, a large contingent of an Indian community as well, all young people. And let's say they're students uh, in Ireland and uh, they're working within the realms. Uh, Keith, what about um, UK for essential travel? Can we go? Uh, can you tell me if I need a PCR test going to England? Um, I've had both vaccines. I'd have to try and get those answers for you, to be honest. I don't have them off the top of my head. And there's a very sad text in about Father's Day, which I give you just after, and the 11 o'clock news and death notices. Stay tuned on that. Uh, plus, we'll be telling you what to watch on TV. Stay tuned. <laughs>
Now, Katie has job spot for us uh, today. What have you got for us? Lots this morning. The first one is for Pale Blue Dot Recruitment. They have multiple senior R&D engineer and principal vacancies in Galway City and County and across the west of Ireland. For more information, you can call Patrick on 091 They are also looking for manufacturing engineers in Galway City and County. County, And you can call Hannah on 091 And as well as that, they're looking for quality assurance vacancies. And for more information on any of those three positions, you can log on to pbdrecruit.ie. McCambridge is a Galway hiring and accounts assistant. Two years' experience in a similar role is required. You can call 091 562259 or retail at com. The Lady Gregory and Gort are currently seeking a chef de partie and an accommodation assistance. You can send your CV to info at ladygregoryhotel.ie. Advent Medical Vacancies for Production Operators in their Parkmore branch and a moulding technician and a quality technician for their Inverin branch. You can email your CV to careers at adventmedical.com. Senior Car Sales Executive is required at Tony Burke Motors. They're based in Ballybrick, Galway. You can apply with your CV to careers at tonyburkemotors.ie. Careerwise Recruitment are seeking to hire product builders in Oran Moore. You can email productbuilders at careerwise.ie. O'Boyle Electrical Clare Morris County Mayo is looking for second, third and fourth year apprentices and qualified electricians. Must be willing to travel and safe pass is required. You can call Michael on 086-193-2563. Therapy Centre in Cashla in Costello, Connemara. They're looking for a fully qualified and Coro registered physiotherapist part-time. You can email therapycentre.ie at gmail.com or you can call 083-0818-333. And finally this morning, Athenry Truck and Refrigeration Centre have the following vacancies. Store person, qualified HGV mechanic, apprentice HGV mechanic. And further details from Rachel on 87 The Galway Bay FM job spot in association with TK Car Sales Hedford Road, Galway. A wide range of quality approved cars, jeeps and commercials for sale. Fully serviced, NCT prepared, with comprehensive warranty, history checks and finance arranged. See tkcars.ie. Now, very good morning to you. Katie has uh, been looking at what we should be watching on the telly. Uh, this week and uh, let's go to TV news first off and uh, Love Island you get a text? <laughs> you got more than a text? Yeah, and have it on repeat just to annoy you all together there. What's the story with Love Island by the yeah, way? It's coming back so fans of Love Island are going to be very excited uh, with the news that they're reportedly putting the new contestants through quarantine measures this week ahead of the show's return uh, so it wasn't on last year and it's going to air exclusively in Ireland on Virgin Media starting on the 28th of June so we don't have too long to wait. Uh, according to reports that we've seen in the press they're already over there in Mallorca and they're in quarantine. Mallorca? Yeah. Already? Yeah, now apparently they have a backup UK destination as well just in case. Um, but Laura Whitmore the Irish lady mm-hmm. she's going to be hosting again this year. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see that back on the screens. Yeah, and she kind of gave a teaser, you were saying, on the TV a few weeks ago in relation to it. So, you really, you're talking about Monday week, isn't it, that it's back? Monday the 28th, yeah. Yeah, mon- yeah would mon- be. Monday week from there. Um, so, if they get to stay in Mallorca then for the period of time, at least they'll be getting the sunshine. That's true. Mm-hmm. I'd say you're a big Love Island fan, are you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, I wonder whether they'll be getting the text like this, though. You should play that every time you get a comment. Today? Every Just time in general. Get, every time we get a text? Yeah. 
Oh, we could, yeah. We play nothing for three hours every morning, would you? <laughs> Put that sound. Yeah, you could keep it going so you could uh, from here. So Laura Whitmore is back again, uh, and they're back at the sunshine again. Yeah, she had a baby, actually, since the last time mm. we saw her. With Ian Sterling. So I wonder, is the, is the baby gone down to be... To, to Probably. Be? Yeah. She couldn't leave it behind. Mm. And um, again, there's another little bit of Love Island um, news there as well. So there is today. Oh, sorry, one second. Who said Maura Higgins sent me? Maura Higgins sent you a text. She did? Ava, is that her? Maura Higgins sent me a text. Oh, What's the story? Well, she is actually going to be presenting Glow Up, which is RTE's version of the UK TV show. So basically this is like a makeover show. So they get makeup artists on and they have to battle it out every week doing different looks on people uh, to see who's the top makeup artist. So it's coming to Ireland and Maura Higgins is going to present it. Uh, do you remember her from oh, Love Island a few years yeah, ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she, she's done quite a bit actually since she was on um, This Morning. She was she a presenter was. there. And she's been. I think we're more familiar with the last set of Love Island faces because they're the only ones we've had now for two years. Yeah. So we haven't had a new batch since. So they kind of, they're still riding their coattails the two years ago and they're a lot of them are doing very well out of it. Yeah, she's done very well. I know the romance broke up, didn't it? A few it months did. ago, yeah. How do you know all of this? Because I read the papers and I kind of give it up. fellow Love Islander. Yeah. I think his name was Chris or something. Yeah, but, they, they, but they're still friends. They're still friends. And she texted you, did she? She did. Okay, she did, yeah. She, yeah. She's my VBF, so she is now. <laughs> Me and Anna Murphy. Sorry, what'd you say? Oh, yeah. You see, I have to be able to read what the text says, and I can't be reading at the same time here. Well, you don't have your glasses on, that'll help. Yeah, well, I have to clean them as well. That's oh, why yeah. I don't have them on. Come here, we're sticking with TV reality, so we are. We're going to have some bake-off news. Now, you're a fan of this, so you are. Uh, but one of them have uh, their own show. Yeah, so I, I threw in Love Island for you, and then I threw in Bake Off for me, uh, because I do like to bake. And the great British Bake Off winner, Nadia Hussein, do you remember she was on it a couple of years ago? She wasn't the she last was, winner. She was um, She's done yeah. really, really well for yeah. herself since... And she's going to be presenting a new cookery show on the BBC. Mm-hmm. And so actually it was 2015 that she won Bake Off. It doesn't feel like that long ago. But uh, she also hosts Nadia Bakes on BBC Two. And um, it's going to be really exciting. This one's going to be called Nadia's Fast Flavours. And it's, it's lovely to see a, a, a face, you know, because they're amateur bakers when they start in the Bake Off. And it's lovely to see how they progress. And it, it'll give you a little bit of hope. It but are they, hang hope. on a second now. Are they really amateur bakers when they start off? Well, now come on, let's some be of them. honest here. You pretend you're an amateur baker, but you're not an amateur baker. Oh, but I'm a total amateur baker. Yeah, well, maybe you are. But are they really amateur when they come in? Um, I suppose they're the best of the amateur bakers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, I set you a singing test two weeks ago. Maybe I'll set you a baking. I didn't fulfill that. I didn't get a chance to fulfill Oh, you've had a couple of lessons now, so... I've had a couple of lessons, yeah. Yeah, maybe next week we'll get you to sing. Mark Roberts was an awful lot harder than Karina Kay on me. What's this about the... um, What's this about the the, the whole Chippendale situation? Do you remember the Chippendales? I do, yeah. Here's the intro. Good Lord, how many years are you going back there? Oh, a lot. But really? Yeah, that brings back memories, doesn't it? The Rescue Rangers, Chippendale. Yeah. You can see them running are they, around. Are they coming back then in a different guise, are they? They are. They're coming back Chippendale Park Life animated series. 
Ahead, being revealed exclusively on Disney Plus. The new intro isn't quite as exciting as the old one. No nostalgia in it, unfortunately. Kind of boring. A bit. Kind of typical Disney, isn't it? Yeah, perfect. Like. But apparently, the video teases the vibrant and colourful animation of the show. The style is a little bit different from previous iterations of the Chippendale series. Um, and they're going to include Butch and Pluto and some other Disney characters in it as well. I think I'll stick with the original, personally. Hmm. I didn't like either. And I don't yeah. think... The, 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 the intro is enough to drive me nuts. You'll stick with Love Island. So. i stick with Love Island, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Love Island. Or do you know what I watched this week? We, I watched half a version of it. Well, one and a half versions, half of one the other. Uh, it was Living with Lucy. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> I hadn't seen it either. It just appeared on the screen yeah, I and I watched it. She lived with Ivan Yates for one and I meant to watch that one. She, I saw that a few months ago, yeah, but she was with Christy Dignam and it was very good and she's currently with Deirdre Kane because oh, I only watched half it last night because it's an hour long and I didn't have the Frankie full time. Frankie do a full series on living with Keith Finnegan, couldn't it? <laughs> That'd be an idea, wouldn't it? <laughs> Come here to me. What to watch this week? Let's go to it uh, from there. And you've changed the kind of running order here because... I have to be careful the way I've done this because the headline says Clarkson's Farm but underneath that there's a rude word that I had written about something else. So what is Clarkson's Farm about? Oh, well I told you about this last week. So Jeremy Clarkson, you remember him from Top Gear and then he got fired and he assaulted an Irish man and all of that. Well anyway, he's back on the screens exclusively to Amazon Prime. He's a brand new TV show. So basically what happened was in 2008 he bought this 1,000 acre farm, right? Yeah. And there was a man who was running it for all those years but he decided last year that he'd retire mm. so Jeremy Clarkson decided well do you know what I'm going to set myself the challenge to farm this 1000 acre site okay right so he has absolutely no idea the first thing of running a farm so I think to be honest this is more of a an ego trip for him that he just wanted another TV show um, as he says himself I have literally no clue but it's going to involve some tractoring okay it's, in the first there's ep- more to farming than tractoring. Then, is tractoring even a word? I don't know. I don't think it but is. But in the first episode, he goes off to buy a tractor and he meets this lovely local guy who has shown him all these different tractors and kind of says, you know, this is a decent one to go for. It's between four and 8,000. And it, it'll do what you need because he's doing some tillage and he's doing a little bit of sheeping, I suppose. <laughs> did he pay for the tractor, did he? He then decided, you know what, 4,000? No, I don't think so. He went to Germany. He spent 40 grand on a Lamborghini tractor. Like you do. Like you do, but not even that. Then the hitch was a European hitch, so he couldn't put anything on the back of it. <laughs> and he, all because he imported it from Germany, all the instructions are in German, and then he couldn't figure out how to use it whatsoever. Um, so it's an absolutely ridiculous programme. It just shows how, really, it just is an ego trip for him. Mm. Uh, he does bring in people to help him try and farm, and he has a farm manager, and he goes off bidding on different bits of machinery, but... Do you know what? It's I'd a say, show though, it's not real life. It's not real life and I'd say if you were a farmer watching it you'd be like, oh my God, what mm. is he doing there? Okay, um, so it's a bit of entertainment. So that's Amazon Prime then, that's Clarkson's Farm if you want to see how not to farm. How not to farm, how, exactly. How, how not to, imagine going off to Germany and the hitch doesn't work. Then he, at one point this um, big articulated truck comes in with a load of feed or seeds. Yeah. He takes one bag of the seeds off there's 45 more and he doesn't realise that they're all for his farm that you're going to need an awful lot more seed than one bag for a thousand acres but 
Look. I, I think you should stick to motoring no more than Jerry Murphy. I really do. Come here. Uh, looking at what to watch this week as well. Um, inside Cadbury, uh, I was uh, Chocolate Secrets Unwrapped. It was on Channel Four. I was looking forward to this, but having spoken to you about it, I'm not looking forward to it. Take me through it. What is it? Yeah, so it's called Chocolate Secrets Unwrapped. And if you looked at the trailer for it, it looked really, really cool because there were there was images of chocolate being poured into moulds and the cream egg middle bit being put in and. It, it, the way they um, pushed this was a unique access inside its secret of Willy Wonka world. Um, and I don't know if you've seen it, you mightn't have, but going around it. for the last, no, 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 like going around for the last few years, there's been a video of Viennettas being made. Yes. Which is very therapeutic to watch. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see them all rolling in. So we kind of thought it was going to be that. It wasn't at all. It was actually one of the most boring TV shows I've watched in a long time. The only pouring of chocolate you see is the bit that's in the trailer, which isn't really enough. They have some historians, they're telling you a lot of history, they have a, a cream egg devotee and they have, it's just I think they could have made it more exciting than they did and then there's an awful lot of sitting around watching them come up with a marketing strategy for a new white cream egg and it just, it doesn't hit the mark at all. Uh, I'll go back to my little Walls Vianetta yeah. video clip from 10 years ago that has uh, 1.2 million views. And you live with that rather than inside uh, Cadbury and the secrets unwrapped uh, from there. Did you ever see the, the um, was it you that told me about it on this uh, slot, how they make flakes? I didn't. Did you not? No. Do you know that you cannot melt a flake? Oh, I do. <laughs> you cannot melt. I did tell you that. Yeah. Well, you was you. In a microwave, yeah. You can't, make, you can't melt a flake in a microwave. No, you can try, but it Inside won't Inside Cadbury's, they're, right. they're built to crumble, not to melt. Yeah. Come here, you're sick with food today, so you're, if it's not Bake Off, it's flipping talking about chocolate making me hungry. But how to cook well with Rory O'Connell has been on every Monday at 7.30, and you've been, uh, you've been catching up on this. Yeah, I have, because it was the last one. It's been on for the last few weeks mm-hmm. uh, and I was watching it this week. I like Rory O'Connell and I always like the programmes that he kind of brings to the TV and if you like cooking, uh, well then Rory O'Connell is, as they said, um, the master chef. Mm-hmm. Of, so if you're not watching the Euros, you'll be watching Rory O'Connell. Um, in this one, this week, he did a couple of different things. He did a broth followed by a T-bone steak and then he also spoke to some people which I enjoyed this because he met Eamon O'Sullivan of Hewn and Ennis Simon Clounty Clare and they actually make all the wooden utensils for an ear in Galway. Wow. Yeah, so it kind of had a Galway twist. But I think the thing that I enjoyed most about this, and this is going to be a very controversial thing I'm going to say this morning, is the way Rory O'Connell pronounces, I'm going to spell it for you, T-O-M-A-T-O. How would you say that? Tomato. Tomato. Yeah. I did have it here, but I No, can't. I lost it. You lost Rory it. O'Connell says tomato, and I say tomato. Yeah. That's the way I was raised to say tomato. But I've been teased mercilessly for saying tomato for the last 31 years. Apparently, also Irish people say tomato. I'd have said tomato until I met your mother. So then it is tomato for me. Tomato. Not I tomato. make a point now of saying tomato when I go in to order a sandwich. Yeah. But I would say tomato normally. So what do you say? Tomato? 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 I don't know. You say tomato. I say tomato. Let us know. I'm going to follow Rory anyway. And yeah. I, I'm mainstream now with the tomato. Okay. Rory, you've just sorted a problem so you have and created another one. I'm looking forward to seeing that now with Eamon O'Sullivan. A few and then it's time in County Clare, lovely mm. spot as well. Listen to me, the nest um, is now up on the RTE player with familiar faces there again. We keep coming back to some similar faces. We do, yeah. And this is one I actually watched about three or four months ago, the nest. Uh, but the lead in it is Martin Comston. Of course, he played Steve Arnold on Line of Duty. And this TV show is all up on the RTE player. There's only five episodes of it. 
It's an unusual one. Um, it's a bit of a strange watch, but it is quite good. Basically, it's about this couple. They're unable to conceive. And one day, the wife is driving home. She hits this teenager, has to bring the teenager to hospital. And it turns out the teenager is pregnant and wants to be their surrogate for a child. Mm. So she moves in with Martin Comston and his wife. And things unfold over five episodes it's a peculiar one, but it's actually quite good. And you can actually just watch all the episodes now this weekend if you feel like it. It's worth the watch if, if you're going to... If you want something short and sweet... Called The Nest. The Nest. Okay, I like I liked the I liked the title of that already. And I like the, the cast that are in it. Uh, what's Catla, by the way? Um, what's that? Catla? No, this is actually... I'm, I'm excited to talk about this one. Uh, you might know the Catla is a large volcano in southern Iceland. Uh, no, it's not the one that caused that ash cloud... A few years ago, but it's it's another active volcano down there. They've had twenty in, eruptions in Iceland. In Iceland, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they've had twenty eruptions over the last hundred years, but it hasn't kind of erupted very violently uh, very recently. Mm-hmm. But this is a new Scandi drama thriller. Now they've been very popular over the last few years, and there's been fortitude, and there's been what's a Scandi drama? So they're they're set in Scandinavia. the Scandinavian countries, and they're oh. I think this one is in Norwegian. So you. You can watch it in the original language. You can watch it dubbed in English. I always prefer to watch it in the original language and then read the subtitles. Uh, but this one is actually quite good. I watched two episodes last night. Uh, first episode is kind of slow, but basically the story behind it is that there has been this volcano, Katla, has erupted um, and the small town of Vic has been a little bit disturbed. But then all these mysterious things start emerging from the glacier and the dust and the ash. Mm. People are coming back who might have been missing for quite a long time does take a while to set up in the first episode, but by the by the last five minutes of the first episode, you're wanting to watch the next episode, and they're all up on Netflix only since yesterday. Is it a bit sci-fi for me? Eh, it's not sci-fi. I'd be interested now to see how they wrap it up, because I find sometimes these these mysteries with a supernatural twist, they can often disappoint when it comes to the final episode, mm. uh, because it's like as if they kind of forget what they're doing halfway through, um, and then they're just trying to wrap it up no more than lost all those years ago where they're like, oh, oh no, what are, how are we going to finish it up? Oh, yeah. let's let's just say it was let's this all along. It, yeah. it was a bit silly. Uh, but yeah, no, it, I can't wait now to finish that this weekend. So that's all on Netflix since yesterday. It's called Catla. Catla. Now, uh, what's coming up uh, this week? We're looking at, what are you calling it? Together. Got a boutique consultancy. We specialise in data analytics and finding technological multimedia solutions. I mean, what? I would just lean forward and go, he means computers. <laughs> Which is really funny, a million years ago. You are horrible to me every day. You are exactly the same to me. I never despise you. The entire human race is like running towards each other at the speed of light, shouting, get away from me, and I. I just, I can't do that anymore. Together, a compelling new film starring James McAvoy and Sharon Horgan. What is? and iPlayer. What is Together? Um, you might recognise the voices there. It's James McAvoy and Sharon Horgan. Uh, Sharon was most recently in Catastrophe. Uh, she's a great Irish actress. Um, but this is on terrestrial TV, which is nice to see. So it's on BBC Two. And it's set, it's this wife, James McAvoy, and this man and his wife. So he is James McAvoy and their son. And basically they have to reevaluate their relationship during lockdown. Um, so it kind of, you can hear them there. He's explaining his job and she's just saying, oh, look, it's just computers. And I think it's something we can all relate to uh, having gone on over the last year or so. Yeah. People working from home and that. It's directed by the Crown's Stephen Daldry. It should be very good. It's a two-parter. So 
So I suppose it's like one big film or two kind of mini episodes. Uh, but that is, the first episode was out last night at nine o'clock. And it's called Together. Together. And James mm. McAvoy, yeah. So mm. that should be a good one. Um, we're looking at physical, so we are now as well. Uh, what is physical? You have a little trailer here if you want to play it. Today you will eat clean, healthy foods. After school drop-off, you will go directly to ballet class. I will have a nice day. Babe, the coffee? Cheeseburgers, three large fries, and a chocolate shake. Thanks. After school drop off. Mama. I will go to ballet class. Close. I will have a nice day. Professor Rubin is getting fired. We're gonna need money. I love you. Whatever happens. You think something bad will happen? No. You're trusting this ding dong with your life. I like the sound of that, so I do. Yeah, and you might recognise the voice as well. If you watched Damages with Glenn Close, it was a legal drama a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, Rose Byrne, she was in it, and she is the lead in this. It's a 10-part tale set in Southern California. Uh, she's a dutiful housewife. She's trying to support her husband as he attempts to develop a political career. Uh, but as you can hear there, there's a lot going on in her head, and she's a lot of personal demons. And then she realises that um, if she gets into the world of aerobics... This can solve everything. Wow. It's a dark comedy series produced by the same people behind Desperate Housewives, so there's going to be lots of twists and turns along the way. And that is all released today on Apple TV. It's called Physical. Physical, Apple TV uh, from there. Uh, now, there, I'm going to take two, so I am here. And uh, the two that I'm going to take are in relation to Murder at the Cottages first. Uh, this is all to uh, Sophie's um, Tuscan de Plant here and her death indeed many years ago. Take me through the first one there, Murder at the Cottage. Yeah, we mentioned this last week, but it's actually out this Sunday, June the 20th, on Now TV and Sky Crime, if I have it. It's a five-part series examining the brutal murder of French filmmaker Sophie Toussaint de Plantier in West Cork. And here's the trailer. Of this. Sophie Toscan de Plantier. She died here among the brambles and the briars. And now the hills call out for justice. People want answers. They want conclusions. They want to be able to lay Sophie to rest. This is the search for justice. And apparently a lot of uh, unseen footage and people on this one. This could this could open a whole can of worms, couldn't it? Yeah, it's been released by Jim Sheridan um, and it's called Murder at the Cottage. So it does look at original evidence, never before seen footage and interviews with those closest to the case, including her family. Uh, West Cork resident Ian Bailey is also going to feature. He was, of course, convicted of the crime in absentia by a French court. But he's always maintained his innocence and was never charged for the murder in Ireland. Um, and unusually, less than two weeks after this is out on Sunday, there's going to be another Netflix documentary focused on the same thing called Sophie, A Murder in West Cork, which is a three-part series uh, that was created with the blessing of her family as well, who want to put her back at the centre of the story. Bailey will also feature in that, as well as her son, Pierre-Louis Bondu Bondé, and mm. residents from Skull. Uh, so there's two coming out, but the first one there, uh, I think, will be more for us as an Irish audience. Um, Murder at the Cottage by Jim Sheridan. All right, uh, finally, we've got some films that we have to uh, deal with here uh, today. You have a couple of films. Fatherhood is the first one. Yeah, I'll run through these now. So the first film out is on Netflix today. It's called Fatherhood. It stars Kevin Hart. And the heartwarming tale about a father's fight to raise his, raise his daughter alone. His wife unexpectedly dies. It's quite funny. We had a clip there, but uh, we won't bother playing it there. 
Um, he, oh, we will. Will we? Oh, yeah. Oh. Excuse me. She's been like crying for hours. Sorry, but this is a group for new mothers. I'm that sign out there that says parents. I'm a parent and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Girl's got some stuff flying out of ass. She can either hit you with a streamer or she'll buckshot you. It's a quick whop. I need help. I don't know how you're going to do this. Interesting. Yeah, it should um, be nice. Yeah, that's that's interesting, sort of. Yeah, and it's only out today on Netflix. So that's called Fatherhood. Different from the film we mentioned last week now, which was called The Father, starring Anthony Hopkins. Uh, I did mention that the last two weeks, but you can actually, I checked up on the uh, IMC website, you can watch that there this weekend if you want in Galway or you can go to the Omniplex in Salt Hill and that is the Anthony Hopkins one The Father uh, so slightly different to Fatherhood which is separate film altogether they oh, use both of the word father in it absolutely no they do yeah absolutely and where, where is Father now by the way Father is on Netflix and it was only released today and then finally this morning I have another really good film for you it's called Gunda um, this is a very different film uh, I watched the trailer for it it's, it's got a babe like charm the black and white documentary which follows a pig and her newborn children at ground level, patiently revealing the nuances of their behaviour. Uh, so it follows a farmyard sow whose name is, we presume, Gunda. There's no voiceover or people or anything in this film. Um, so we just assume that this is probably who it is. Uh, there's only animals in this. Uh, the trailer, even as you can hear behind us there, uh, there's only animal sounds, there's no people, there's nothing, nothing it's, like it's that. It's really David Attenborough, so it is really absolutely beautiful. It's, uh, it is. You can see the pigs doing their thing and it's, it's really just about the animals, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lovely little clip of uh, the pigs, stick, the little piglets, sticking their head out of the barn door and it's raining. So they're trying to catch the rain on their tongues and then they get a little bit frightened. Uh, so they run back inside from the rain and there's also a one-legged chicken. Uh, who hops around and some cows who are shown running in slow-mo. Uh, now it is um, directed by Joaquin Phoenix who is a vegan so I suppose there is a an animal it's not your stereotypical where your food comes from type yeah. documentary but I suppose that is what it turns into at the end because we know what happens and we know where things come from um, but it, it, it gives a it gives an illusion of um kind of what happens hmm. um, it gives an illusion, more than an illusion but it's, it does, it's, yeah. it's, a lo- it's a lovely story For, quickly an- anthro Ant- oh yeah I what thought we'd teach you a word this morning anthro- and, and this Gunda film anthropomorph- anthropomorphism that's fine yeah you yeah. tell me what is it all about so that's what this film does basically so it, it anthropomorphizes these animals so it makes them human like okay. you can anthropomorphize anything so Sometimes do you ever look at your microphone there and think, poor microphone, he has to listen to my smelly breath and no. listen to what I'm saying. But you know when you personalise no. an inanimate object and you try and give it human-like qualities, or you might call your car sheet, do you have a name for your car? No. No? No. Should okay. I have? No. Oh, I can hear the cooking on that film. You can, yeah. Gunda. Anyway, Gunda. so it does right. anthropomorphise um, these things. It's been, it's, it's, it's a babe-like charm. Mm. Uh, it's a black and white documentary and I would definitely be watching that this weekend. All right. I've done this one for you now, so thank you for joining us uh, this morning. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Where's, where's that from? That's from Babe.
All right, if you want to get further details, <laughs> what have I done this morning to it at all I'm trying to confuse myself never mind it um, that's it if they want to get further details we'll have it up online uh, shortly but the big thing of the weekend the big thing of the what weekend what are you going to watch this weekend do you think I haven't really got a clue because I have so much on this weekend I don't know but I think I would like to go back to what you started with there and the Carcass of the Farm is worth a watch if you're looking for something kind of to yeah, just some, throw your hands up at and say what? Somebody just said um, Clarkson's farm is very good I learned a lot about farming the younger fella Caleb uh, with them is hilarious he's awful funny it's a good watch and you will laugh so I think we go with he's Clarkson's trying to farm. teach he's a 21 year old and he's trying to teach Jeremy what to do but it's like he doesn't care that he's a celebrity he's just saying to him what in the name of God are you up to? Uh, he's very funny, so yeah. All right, listen, let's uh, take a commercial break. Uh, Katie, thank you for joining us. And again, if you want to get further details, go to our website and get full details as the morning progresses. Now, it is Father's Day coming the way as well. And uh, Keith, another caller said, Father's Day is a very sad day for those of us who had less than ideal childhoods with violent and abusive uh, fathers. Uh, I will shed a tear for the father also that I didn't have. Uh, this uh, caller, the programme said. Another caller said, uh, Keith, uh, this caller said, uh, money raised from the Irish Guide Dog uh, Day made the seventh nationwide, came to over 2,000 and 2,000. My own 100,000 steps raised 3,930. Thanks a million to everybody who supported this event and me very much and appreciate kind regards, Keith, from Frank Downs uh, from the Galway branch uh, there. Frank, well done to you. I know you've been looking for me for the last couple of days, but I'm fed up a Zoom, so I have at this stage. I think I'm Zooming everything. I think I'm dreaming about Zoom uh, as well. But again, um, thank you indeed uh, for that. And congratulations to Frank Downs, 100,000 steps. And he raised 3,930 euro. So well done to him there. Uh, Keith, uh, this uh, caller said, can you please find out if I need a PCR test going to the UK? Um, please, uh, I've, I've had both vaccines, but I need to know from there. Now the caller said, don't forget about Bake Off, the professionals on Channel 4, 8pm Tuesday night with Rebecca, uh, formerly uh, Rebecca Kane, indeed from Abbey Moy on it. So there you go. And uh, let's, um, let's stick that now in the sky. I can do that on the remote control and the sky viewer from there. And Keith, this caller said, I loved uh, the Clarkson's farm. It's very good. Bit of crack in it, so it is. And uh, some farmers uh, would, um, this caller said, not agree at all. And finally, another person said, Keith, you will enjoy Clarkson's farm, Keith. Uh, I'm not even a farmer. It certainly opened my eyes to farming and the cost of it. Um, he will put mega bucks into it, but he might have them, not to mention uh, what he made in the years up to this as well. I won't spoil it. I have a new love for farmers, so, so says Mary uh, to the programme today. I think when you watch something like that, a lot of people have a new love for farmers when you see what they have to do. Rail, hain, uh, rail, hail, shine and everything else that goes with it. Really and truly, it's a, it's a tough, tough life, so it is for them. Now, Keith, my dad passed away. Um, he's passed away for the last 20 years in Shantala. I'm the youngest of 10 kids he had. He was made redundant in the 70s when the cotton factory closed. That's where we are now. We're in the... The former boiler house at the cotton factory, that's our studio set up here. He went to the exchange to claim the dole for all of us. And when he got um, to the desk and he got his turn there, the lady asked him his name and date of birth. Then he asked for my mother's name and date of birth. And he gave this. And she asked then for all of our names and dates of birth. He said, I'll be back tomorrow with the list. He was the best dad in the world, though. And we miss him greatly. So says Yvonne to the programme today. Um, 
Isn't that a lovely story, though? But uh, I remember the day the cotton, the cotton factory closed here. Uh, it happened over a bank holiday weekend, and they were rare back then, the bank holiday weekend, because my dad was in the maintenance department at the time, and I remember he came into work on the Monday morning, Tuesday morning, rather, and the whole place was emptied. Uh, all the machinery had been taken and shipped over the weekend. And I think that I think the machinery, if I'm right, some of the older people here ended up in Pakistan, it was all shipped to Pakistan from here, even though it was bought and paid for by the... The uh, Irish government, indeed, through grants and otherwise, but that happened. That's back in the 70s uh, today. Uh, Keith, another caller, said, My aunt uh, warned me uh, from a young age never to marry a farmer. Hard work and no holiday, so I married an engineer instead. So says Mary to the programme. Mary, you're gas altogether, uh, but well done to you. And uh, Keith, um, if you could let um, the people of Galway know, please, I have my two vaccines, but where do I get my green card to travel? I'd like to know, says Teresa, to the programme today. Um, Teresa, I don't know, but I do believe that it's going to be available as of the 1st of July, but we'll, we'll do something on Monday morning on that, I promise you, uh, here live from Studio One. We will do something uh, from there. Also on Monday morning, Porter Cribben joins us from the Fitness Federation of Ireland about uh, that front page story in today's City Tribune about the Gardaí issuing tickets. It's going to be an interesting weekend to see how that pans out, so it is uh, from there. And somebody else said, Keith, love um, the uh, What's On TV slot. Well done to you. A lot of work goes into it, um, but I follow it greatly and I agree with most of the suggestions this caller said but that's really all we can do isn't it uh, from there and somebody else has just said to us uh, Keith and Katie and do you have nothing else to talk about but Netflix yeah we do but we decided to lighten it at this time of a Friday just heading into a weekend and tell you what to watch you don't have to listen Uh, Keith just warning your listeners that traffic in Clarenbridge is very slow and backed up uh, just to remind people uh, of that, please, Keith, if you don't mind. So slow and backed up going into um, going into Clarem Bridge today. What are the height restrictions for the buildings in Merview? I don't know. Somebody said nine, ten stories. I think is what Dave O'Connell said from the City Tribune. Wishing my wonderful neighbour Mary McDonough in St James's Crescent a happy birthday from Maureen David and Dervla Butler. Well, good morning, Maureen David and Dervla Butler, and to all the extended Butler family. Um, Happy birthday to you, Mary McDonough. Well done to you. And enjoy. I hope they spoil you rotten and drop you in all the nice things that you deserve at the weekend. Keith, my wife is 66 and only has her first vaccine and has been waiting 12 or 16 weeks for the second one, but still hasn't got it. This is madness because younger people have gotten both vaccines already, uh, this uh, caller said. It is bananas and all that goes with it, but look at it, it's what we have to stick with. Where do we get our green cards? We got our vaccines. I know what my green card, this caller said. And uh, Keith, my sister is coming from America to Ireland on Tuesday. She's already got the test and been cleared of COVID. Does she now have to get another test or vaccine in Ireland? No, I think she can come straight in from America. It's one of the few countries that you can actually come straight in. Uh, I think they tell you to be cautious, but as far as I know, there's no restrictions there. Keith, you might just mention that I got an email from Bank of Ireland asking me to authorise personal information, but it's actually a scam coming from San Antonio in America. So you remind people, please, not to answer such scams from there. And again, Keith, will you wish wish best of um, luck to Claude Collins and Eugene Hartney getting married in or more today? and uh, from mom, dad and all the family and also indeed good luck to the Finn family in Ornmore with the wedding of their son and uh, today as well so we're all wedding people 
everybody. We wish you all well today, so we do. And uh, good luck with it. That's it for this week. We're back July from Studio One on Monday morning. We do hope that you enjoyed today's programme. And if you want to get in contact with us throughout the weekend, you can do so at kfshow at galwaybfm.ie. Monday morning, as I said, we're going to have Porrick Riven. And uh, we're also going to be looking at what happened on the canals over the weekend. We're joined by some people uh, from the Newtown Smith area and indeed general area surrounding waters as well. And we'll be talking to the new mayor indeed, uh, Colette Connolly on Asfina Fall. Upset the apple cart, led by Councillor Alan Cheevers. We'll see how that happens. So enjoy the rest of your weekend. Kate, produced today. Ava took all of your comments until we join you live from Studio One. On Monday morning, don't forget, just to mind yourself over the weekend, tomorrow is going to be the best day of the weekend, Sunday is going to be wet, and then we're back at your Monday, and we could be damp. Bit of a comedian in me, is there? No, it isn't. Have a great weekend, mind yourselves, and do join us Monday.